All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Day in the Life. Today, I'm joined by Rashad, who is a illustrator and comic book artist. He is also a professor at the Savannah College of Art and Design, and he recently published the first volume of a new comic book series called Pax Saxon, which is Pax Samson, which is behind me, and is recently featured in Publishers Weekly, which is a big deal. Uh, welcome, Rashad. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> so yeah, like your career sounds just like it's been your dream, um, like your what you want have always wanted to do. So how'd you get started, and how'd you get to where you are now? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I have, I think I've always had a large imagination. I think I was kind of like born with this, like this, this, I don't know, this random ideas in my head. And when I was in church living with my grandma, so living with my grandparents most of my young life. Um, and I, I guess to keep me quiet, she'd have me, um, like doodle and sketch. So I started sketching and like sketch your ideas down kind of thing. And then she would tell me bedtime stories of like superheroes, but she would spin them to make sense to me. So like, it was like the Hulk came out of a washing machine, which I thought was funny. And like those kinds of things got me interested in that. Like I started reading comics when I was eight um, and it kept me busy growing up in a small town uh, before moving out of it. Like, um, you know, like it was, a, I'd go to the local drugstore, buy some comics and just read. And then the weekends on Friday, she'd give me a notepad and I'd just fill it with characters. Um, and then at some point, as I kept doing that and really liking it, I started writing. I was a big writer. And I would get awards, like, kind of, like, in class, like, to write. And, like, I kept writing. So I was a big fan of literature as well. Um, and then, you know, I got to get to high school. And I'm kind of, like, distracted with a lot of other things. But it's still centered around this. And I realized I could just start drawing my own stories. I was so, like, um, I would write them, but I got tired of describing things. So what I don't like about reading books is, like, descriptors. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a tree. Like, and so like, I kept, you know, like, I just like, I can't read it. That's why I got in the comments. I'm like, well, they don't describe everything because they draw it. So all you get is the actual meat and bones of the story, the dialogue, the action. And so it was always hard for me. So it's like, when I was writing, like, I hate describing things in different ways. Like, so I started drawing it because I was always like afraid to draw comics until I was about 14 or 15, where I was like, no, you start drawing these stories versus writing them. And so I started drawing them and learning how to do comics. And that started the whole process. Kind of got sidetracked um, for a little bit, but I was always kind of always doing it, but not my main focus. And then Hurricane Katrina happened, and um, I decided to really refocus and get my master's degree um, in sequential art in Savannah at SCAD. My old math teacher had told me about SCAD years ago, because um, I would draw my math test versus actually doing my math test. So she told me about it, and um, you know, and, I, and I, it came back to me during that time. I got accepted, got the master's thing. And after that, I just started working. I was doing a little freelance before, and then started doing freelance during. And I mean, it's just, I'm still doing it. <laughs> like, it's just never stopped. I'm, I'm very, uh, 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 I, I love hunting for jobs. I'm a hustler. Like, I, I get excited. I, I can't stop myself. The more opportunities I see, the more I want to go for it. I wish there were 75 hours in a day so I can get all things I want to get done, you know? So mm -hmm. um, I was always pursuing, I'm still always pursuing new leads for work. And because uh, it's exciting. Like I said, I got all these ideas in my head and I got to draw them and get them out. Like, they're just, they're just, they get stuck in there. Cobwebs and it's horrible. So, yeah. <laughs> I love what you're saying about how like the illustration tells the story um, as you well so Rashad and I work are both kind of working on the story Jeremiah Justice which is yeah, behind Jeremiah me Justice. and um, and I so it's, my mom wrote the story but and Rashad is, uh, has, did the illustration for it and I'm helping write like the the text in there and what's interesting I was like working with my mom is like wow he, like Rashad drew this really well we don't actually need to write the description in there because it's also a children's book too so you're not trying to have too much like text on there so it's really cool right. how like since she wrote it 
she had like the mental image and then you took that a step further and then then they're like okay well we have to look at how what's actually being told on the page and the text and it's, it's really cool awesome thank you yeah no i mean i guess it's how what i always liked i don't like <laughs> i don't like to write the words <laughs> i'd rather draw them <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I would be interested to know more about your your creative process for for writing and drawing. Oh yeah, that's great. Um, it all kind of started like writing for me. It's always like I read something I'm inspired by, and then I go, "What? Well, how can I remix that and make it my own?" So I'll I'll get inspired by whatever, and I read and watch a lot of things. I always have like, yeah, I lean towards superheroes and like action anime, but I also like really into hardcore depressing dramas just as much. Um, and teen stuff and horror. I don't, I'm not comfortable writing horror just yet. I don't feel like I'm good at it, but um, it's one of those things where I like, I look at a lot of things and go, what can I mash together? Like take one from column A, one from column B and like merge it um, or put a spin on it. Like what if, you know, Superman was trapped in this whatever scenario or, or, or those kinds of things. And I said, well, okay, now it's time to rename the characters and make them my own um, and change their origins or whatever. And then that's where it usually comes from. Using it is inspired by watching something else and then thinking I can do a version of that. Um, when I started doing this when I was a kid, I would actually, when I was real little, I took all my toys and I renamed them. Like I'd have all these storylines with my toys and they all had different names, but it all started from that whole thing of like seeing something going, oh, that's cool, but I wasn't cool enough. Or I wish it would did this. So I'm a big fan of like, when I see something I don't like, instead of like just being upset about it, I go, well, what would I do to fix that? Like, mm -hmm. how would I tell that story differently? Um, and then I dive in and, you know, like really, you know, get it like Twilight, right? Like, I got a little Twilight in a bad and good way, but like, it's just like, I wouldn't make Jacob be weirder then. Like Jacob would be cool and not into her daughter. Like, you know, like that kind of thing. And yeah. I'm like, well, maybe I'll just do a story about a werewolf. And then that, then it just starts and then, and then it goes in its own direction with other ideas. Um, and then with drawing, um, I'm just always a doodler. I, I love doodling. I, I can't stop doodling. Um, I'm, I have to slow myself down from dueling because I can get frustrated dueling too and I have an idea. But I'll start like with that same kind of process of like that look cool and then I'll start transforming it from there. Um, I'm really into fashion so I'm always mixing in kind of like what fashion I'm into, mixed into whatever I'm drawing if it's characters. Um, background, I'm really in the big world so I'm like I like studying different cities. I'm really into like uh, ancient European cities to some degree like and seeing that and how they look modernized now. I like mixing that so I'll depends on the setting of the story too but like if it's like you know set in some kind of modern fantasy a lot of my stuff is I'll do that I'll combine cities um and elements from cities but if I if it's set like the real world like Jeremiah Justice is for the most part set in Savannah um I'm looking at Savannah but I'm twisting it so I'm taking photos of things and I'm adding well that'd be cool if that was on this street or or that element was in this place or something like that. And then that way it gives me an idea of where to go. So I still kind of merge things even when it's reality. But I look, it's based on reality and then mixed with fantasy um, when it comes to drawing. Um, it's very big and you know, I like telling people that it's as boring as it can be at first. Um, you know, studying life is important. Um, and I don't just mean like, when people say study life, like they'll sit all day and draw like an apple and that's fine, do that. But also like draw it in 30 seconds. So like. Get, get as much of that information into your brain, even if it's ugly at first, um, and you'll get better. So I know some people like me, I'm not patient. So sitting down and drawing is still life. And when I was in undergrad at fine art school, like it was always like, oh my God, three hours to draw a vase. But, but I mean, it was important, but what I learned for me now that when I want to do that practice, I'll sketch out really quick and I'll draw like a hundred vases and or vases, I have to pronounce that. And like, so then I would, you know, learn from that. I learned more from that. So um, it's one of those things where I like, I'm constantly trying to, process new ideas. And then the last thing I do um, to keep myself inspired because young artists or artists in general, like how do you stay inspired? Like how do you get into the mood? 
I surround my workspace and then my own, even my digital workspace with things that constantly inspire me. So my, if you, if you look around, I can't, I can turn around a little bit, but there's like toys all over this. I can't, this camera's too big, but I got like toys all over the place in here upstairs um, and things on the wall because those, I like, those look cool. And if I think something looks cool, it makes my imagination go, you know, my phone, um, and I'm, I'm now to use a Pinterest board. I used to just like save files on my folder and my computer, but like if I see a cool image, no matter what it is, poster, photo, cool colors of a screenshot of a movie, I'll save it in a folder or save it in Pinterest. I look it up in Pinterest and then I'll just have it categorized. I'm like, oh, I really like that. I don't know what to draw today. Hmm, let's go through my inspiration folder and see what I got. So those, that, that combination of things kind of always gets me going. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's a lot, but awesome. I, I like like just drawing at, like just, just fast. And, and it's, it's funny you say you're not patient because I feel like you have to be really patient to draw, like digitally draw with all the layers you have to do on like, but all the, whatever design tool you're using. Cause um, yeah, you have to have like all the shading and you're using all the different layers. So yeah, I, I'm kind of curious to know of, um, about kind of like you said you doodle but then you're also as far as I know understand your work is pretty much all digital so right. like what made you decide so like I, I guess first is like okay what do you doodle and then like like do you do on paper versus like what do you oh, do gotcha. digitally yeah. yeah all right so yeah that's what you're saying so um I started on paper obviously growing up in the 80s you drew on paper obviously and then um I got this uh, Wacom tablet not before they were tablets a little drawing pads or whatever they had that you could plug in to your computer so I'm doing that but what made me really switch from that? Because now I, just, I do everything digitally. Like I sketch digitally, unless I'm at a convention or doing something in class, maybe a quick example. But for the most part, I'm always on my, my iPad is what I use to digitally sketch for the most part now. Um, or just, just whatever, just, I have another drawing computer up here that this one here I can draw directly on. Um, but uh, so I sketch digitally now too, for the most part, unless I'm at a convention or doing a book sign or something, I'll sketch on paper. Um, and the reason why is because I spent so much money on paper. So I sketch a lot. Like, and so it's like, and I kept moving. So when I moved to college, I was like, man, I got just boxes and boxes of sketchbooks. I can't keep bringing all this stuff. So I was really looking more and more to jump into digital. Because when it, at one point it was like a slow transition, you know, transition. It was like, oh man, let me sketch it on my sketchbook or sketch it on uh, traditional uh, copy paper, make put it in a folder. And like, then that got too big. And I was like, well, I like to polish it on the computer, but uh, I'll still sketch it. And then I was like, you know what? Just draw the whole thing on the computer. And it made my life easier because I just, I, 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 you know, I'm always, it may, there's not paper anywhere. It's not a fire hazard anymore around me. It's, it was just good for me. Um, the other reason that I originally jumped to digital in my undergrad, I was a painter. So I had a painting background. Um, it was like, it was called fine art type of media. It was some new thing in the early, late nineties that they didn't know what to do yet. So it was a little bit of graphic design a little bit of traditional painting. I don't think they meet that major even exists anymore at that school I went to. This was before SCAD. Um, and it was, uh, I did a lot of painting in that. Like it was a ton of, of that. And I was like, man, paints cost a lot of money and you can mix colors, right? I learned so much mixing colors. And it's so important, I think, to use traditional paints to mix colors and find out what your palettes are that you like to use and colors like to mix and what kind of accidents you can make. The problem was I would always either make too much or too little. And then I'd be like, how do you make enough? Now I can't get this color again. Oh crap, I made too much. And now I just waste all this paint. So I was like, yeah, we're gonna do this all the computer. So as digital programs got better, I went more and more into painting on the computer. So now the way my brain works, I can play around with variations of a thing. I can mix colors. I can save that color I like. And like, you know, I don't have to worry about trying to mix it again to get it just right. I can save and I can still manipulate it if I don't, if I want to change it. And so that's what made me transition to just working digitally. 
Um, because it's for me, like I can say, as an artist, you got to realize what, what works best for you. And I always tell people, you take in all the information when you learn and you try it out and you try it out, but don't force yourself to be the ideal of an artist that you're not. Um, for, for me, I find that my, my work looks better digitally. Um, it actually helps me with the, some of the, the tools you can do to help you slow your hand down. So when your brush strokes does this, your hand, the, the, the line kind of slows down and that helps make my lines cleaner. Um, and other things like that, or clipping masks, other things that helps make my work cleaner because I'm very messy as an artist, and I still am even when I'm working digitally. But working digitally helped me control those things. And instead of for a while, I, I felt like I had to, you know, like meet some standard what it means to be an artist, and like you have to meet this standard, you have to draw this way, and use this paper, and use this ruler, and use that. And I was like, actually, I don't. And once I realized that, it's not that I'm glad I learned it, I'm glad I experimented with it, and I learned from it, and I take some of the things I like, but I feel like artists need to always figure out what works best for them. And it's really important that whatever tools work best for you, doesn't matter if it's digital, doesn't matter if it's traditional, it just matters if like how, what works best for you and how you merge those things. Um, and I feel like that has led me to always like, you know, I still experiment with different things, but I know digital is where I would go. Um, all I do now is try to imitate what I would do traditionally in 30 seconds on the computer. So if I'm like trying to do that, I'm like, hmm, well, how can I make this particular ink splatter on a computer in way less time <laughs> yeah. and so and that's and that's kind of what that works for me some people it might not but I, I, I employ everybody to always study learn but then find out what works best for you yeah I think yeah. that's where the true artistry comes in is is like being able to express yourself and then like finding what works for you mm-hmm. yeah. yeah uh what uh programs do you use um yeah so the programs that I use um but well, I mean, Photoshop was a big one for a long time, and um, I use that for years, and I still jump into it. Um, but right now, my favorite program is Clip Studio Paint. It's a Japanese-based program. I mean, I mean, it's not in Japanese. I mean, I mean, I say that, but that's where it's from. And it was designed to help you draw comics and illustrations um, originally. So Photoshop was originally designed for you to edit photos, and then it became a drawing program by proxy because people kept using it for that. Uh, but Clip Studio Paint was always designed to help you make comics. So they just have all these tools and it's very similar to Photoshop and how it's set up. There's layers, pretty much that big thing was the added things that I like that it just is like the, the interface is just slightly tweaked enough that it's made for you to design comics. Like the things they have with backgrounds and working in 3D elements, you don't have to use another program to do it. Um, their store where you can just download free, more brushes, free assets there crazily detailed awesome tutorial section where they pay I mean I pay but they get anybody like you can upload a tutorial or they have people that they have like professional tutorials and it's all just like this crazy mix of like professionals and non like this updating information on how to use the program and it's beautiful um they have these contests now and like it's just they've expanded I've seen them grow these are called manga studio and then they expanded into being called clip and it's by far my best favorite program um the 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 brush tools are different all the time. So like some of the pen nibs in there are trying to you know, imitate traditional pen nibs, but they don't all have the same opacity. Like in Photoshop, every brush has the same rules, like opacity, this, this, and that. In Clip, certain brushes would have certain rules attached to it or things that to adjust that wouldn't be for another brush. And all in the course of like trying to imitate the real life thing without, with, with more control. So I like it a lot for that. Um, I use it I, 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 it's hard for me to not use Clip Studio. Even the lettering program in it has gotten better. Word balloons, graphic design stuff in it. They've, they've moved in vectors from Illustrator and they've done, they've done all kinds of things to make it even more user-friendly and one-stop shop. Also, it's affordable. It's only like 50 bucks for the cheap version and it goes on sale all the time for 25 bucks. And if, or you get it on your iPad for like $7 a month or $4 a month, I'm sorry. 
So it's 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 great because Adobe Pro products, as great as they are, their subscription service is not cheap after you after a while. So it's like Clip Studio is great for that. Um, and another good one is Procreate. I know my students love Procreate. It's an iPad only based app. Um, and it's not bad. I think it's great if you want to try and you're too afraid to try Clip Studio. Maybe it's a little, you know, over overwhelming and you don't like Photoshop or you can't afford Photoshop. It's okay, but it can't do as much as like I think Clip Studio or Photoshop in my opinion, but can't do as much as that. Not a bad one though. And there's tons of other free ones out there students have all the time that you can just download, but Clip Studio is definitely my all-time probably I mean, something's at the top clip studio for me to quit clip studio. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and so speaking of your students, um, I'm sure you see and give this advice a lot, but what, what kind of educational background or even experience do you need to, I guess, do what you're doing? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, it depends on you. Um, I feel like, I mean, because the, the industry is interesting. So in school, Yes, going to school will always be a good choice. If you can go to school to perfect any craft uh, that you want to learn, you should do it. Like, for example, with me, I was always in the comics. I was Drew. And my undergrad was painting and still an art program, but it wasn't comics and it wasn't illustration and there was a difference. And um, coming to, you know, as a grad student, coming up to SCAD and spending those two years, like, there was, a, that was like, focused on just that thing that I do and learning from people who know how to do it and learning from visitors who know how to do it is, is a, great, a great thing to have. Now, if you, but that doesn't mean it's the only way to go about doing this. Um, that worked for me. Like I always say, that worked for me. I tried it out and I liked it. Um, but if that doesn't work for you because of the internet now, because of all the resources we have on the internet, you can also do that. Um, you can look it up. You can find your favorite artist and maybe they talk to you. I don't know, not everybody's nice, but like you can learn how to do this on your own way, but you have to be very self-driven and very self-motivated. And that just doesn't matter if you're in school or not. Um, Cause you can learn from a lot of people. I still learn from everybody. I'm always, I learn from my students. I learn from people younger than me when I was teaching like little kids how to draw comics like I learned from them you can learn a lot from a lot of people if you open your mind to it and driven to learn so it doesn't I wouldn't say you need like you have to do this thing it does help because you know schools can help with networking which is very important like meeting people that you wouldn't be able to meet in certain situations I think is like invaluable in terms of how much it can help your career meeting people that you wouldn't meet normally because it's just hard especially now with COVID even harder to meet people in person so, you know, it's one of those things where that's where school benefits, I think, and, and also open your mind to new ideas. But I wouldn't say it's the end all be all that if it doesn't work for you or you can't afford it or it's just not your thing. Um, just be self-driven and self-motivated and you can teach yourself uh, a lot and learn from people just from watching videos and TikToks and YouTube tutorials and help yourself get it and then apply and look for jobs that you have to be smart. And I know that's, you know, I don't mean smart, like it's like work smart. Like some people work hard and I get that, but you got to work smart too. Like you have to have a direction when you work towards these things. Um, and, and, and it's a learning process. You're going to make mistakes, but you want to make sure you're always trying to get there um, because you can get, you can start redrawing the same circle over and over again in your room and trying to perfect drawing the circle. But, you know, until you're out there and try to get that circle, you're getting paid to draw that circle, you know, it doesn't matter. And you've been working hard, but you didn't work towards the thing. So, and ultimately, you always want to work toward the thing. So you want to make sure that you work hard, but also smart. <laughs> work smart, not just mm -hmm. hard. It's mm -hmm. important to do, do both of those things. And like I said, it doesn't matter if you're if whatever direction you want to go in. School works for you, take it. If it doesn't work for you, don't do it. If you go there for a year and you hate it, quit. Like, this is kind of one of those things where, it's not, I'm not saying you should, but I understand that you, you know, if, if it's something that's not for you, it's not for you. But it doesn't mean, the cool thing about art is that go for the job, build your audience. Um, whether you do it yourself, um, whether you do it through a company, the more you find an audience that likes your work um, and who will support you with it, and you just find a way to get them that work, 
um, you'll you'll make it. Uh, it may it, it might not take as fast as you like it, and you have to take some turns you don't like. But um, it's it's about that focus and going forward at all times, um, and learning from it and things like that. So my advice is go to school if you want to. If you don't like it, don't go to school. Either way, work hard <laughs> and, yeah. and smart. And smart, yeah. <laughs> nice. And, and what do you enjoy, enjoy about teaching? Um, what I like about teaching is um, always interacting with another generation of ideas. Um, I come from a long line of like teachers on my on my mom's side, the matriarchal side of my family. Like my great grandma's a teacher, my grandma's a teacher, and now I'm a teacher. My mom also teaches at uh, dental school. Um, so it's one of those things where I have a lot of teachers that were always around me growing up and I was just a natural addict, I think. I didn't really set out to be a teacher, it's crazy enough. I kind of avoided it a lot of times. I did it off and on, but people were always like, you would be great if you just taught. And I'm like, all right. And I kind of got into it um, and then, you know, got to college and I was interested in more about the time I came to grad school. But um, what makes me like teaching is um, meeting new people, new ideas, all new generation of people, and there's always new ideas coming out, good or bad. There's always new ideas um, that it coming in. Um, and I also like helping people, um, and it's a joy for me to help people. And that's kind of like also my super motivation, like to give the advice that I maybe I wish I would have heard that time or organize the time as I'm trying to go for something. I, I really like doing that. Um, also, bring up my grandparents again. They were pastors of a very small church, and they always like my grandpa drive around town giving out vegetables and like. That he that he grew in the backyard, like he was always helping, and that was at least for me when I got to him, and and so I I, I just kind of grew up with it, and I like it's a joy to help people, but not helping people because oh I want something in return because that's lame. It's just helping people because the reward is helping people, and it, that 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 makes me feel great. So if I can have somebody when the student tells me that one thing you said really helped, I feel great. I mean, there's one time I taught at um man it was like a summer camp for little ones like eight to twelve and like there's just two kids that are visiting their families families are from overseas and they gave like a like I told them to present their last project and then one of the girls like read like why she felt inspired and it was because of what she had learned that week and I like lost it. I was like Whoa! like I'm trying to like hold it because I'm like because like when a little kid tells me that I lose it every time like a little kid tells me that like I helped them like oh my god I wasn't all oh, the feelings. But um, that, that's that's why I do it. I like I really like helping people, and I get frustrated too. Like I, I can't admit I don't get frustrated, but it's one of those things where I just really want to help. Um, that that to me is the best. The more we help each other, the better world will be. I know I'm a crazy person for always thinking at them, but it's just like the more we help each other, I just feel like the better all of our lives will be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So, but yeah, that's great. Um, and part of your work involves doing public appearances, like book signings and speaking at panels and stuff. So, so what's that like? Oh wow, um, always interesting, like and fun. Um, you get nervous doing some of the big presentations. Um, you sometimes like when I went to Honduras once, and that was great. I love my Honduran uh, my fans there, people I met there, friends there now, like who's still with me and like still talking to me on Facebook makes me feel so good. So I only got to go there once. And um, I was talking about nervous time because I, I, I'm not fluent. And so if I had a translator and I was still talking fast and it was just kind of like one of those things where that made me nervous in a big room. Um, and you always have those like, every time I go into classrooms like public speaking. And so you always have those pre-nervous jitters. But beyond that, um, once I'm into it, I'm good. The thing for me is that I have to feel natural. I, I, I can't, I do not work from scripts. I'm not an actor. And I just, I, you give me a script and I'm, I, I, I will fail. But if you just tell me these are things you need to talk about or just talk about something you know, 
Um, and then I'm fine. Like, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, even when I plan my lessons, like, I just give myself things that I know I can talk about and then and I can explain it. I can explain it a variety of different ways. And so then I never feel stuck or feel like I need to think about what to say next. And that just works for me, like I said. It's like controlled chaos to some degree, but it helps me. Um, and when I'm doing book science, it's cool because you get to meet people that like your work. And that's always like, you know, a great feeling. I, was, it, you know, I never know how to feel. Like, it's like a humbling feeling. I'm like, you like this, you know, like, cause I, I, you know, you look at your own work sometimes like, oh my God, like, you know, but like people like it and that, that helps even as small as it is like, oh, wow, I'm glad that that worked for you. And I'm glad to meet you in person and doodle or whatever if I have time. So it's one of those things where, you know, it's always a little nervous sometimes, but always in the end, like a good thing once you, once it gets going. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I can definitely see that. And, and you also won an, an Eisner award for Something you did? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. It was an anthology comic I was a part of called Elements Anthology. Um, and that was great. Um, and it was a, you know, a bunch of other creators in it. And it was an indie project because it was kickstarted. And to have that get nominated was enough. But like to have it win at Eisner that year, 2018, uh, and it won Ignats in comics as well. Um, that's That was good. I mean, it was a great experience. I got to actually be at the Eisner Awards that year, especially now with COVID since they haven't, I mean, since what, they haven't had one since 2020 or 2019. So, like in person, so like to have them have be there and like um, one of my favorite stories from that and funny moments was that you know they call us up and you know they're going through nominees and I'm just like oh man you know have to be here sitting behind the guy that drew Watchmen great moment and um, they so they say we won right I'm so excited so like I stand I go like yeah and I get like this huge cramp in my leg like this huge one so I'm like yeah oh and like sitting right back down the guy from Watchmen who drew Watchmen was like what <laughs> and I was like. Sorry, sir. I'm I'm excited, but also I have a cramp. But like it was just it was overall um, just a great experience and happy to be a part. Never thought I'd win an Eisner. It was just me hustling and once again look, keeping opportunities open for work and being a book that really caught on and really resonated with a lot of people. Um, so it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I wasn't sure if they had like some award ceremony or something because I always think of like the Oscars or something. So that's oh no, the Eisner's are the uh, comics is Oscars. I mean, it, yeah. it is a dad. Yeah, um, uh, the lady who was played Captain Yohura in Star Trek was there. Like they have celebrities in the comic world, announcing the awards. Uh, Supergirl, the original Supergirl was there like announcing things. So who I'm a big fan of because she's in this movie called Legend of Billie Jean, which is one of my favorite movies from the 80s. And so I was like, oh man, like I was all, it was just all kinds of fun. So it is like a, like comics is all a little version of that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, oh cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and so um, I read from your bio that you've worked on like other comic properties, like on, like in the DC universe and Invader Zim and Rick and Morty and stuff. And what I'm curious about is like, do you have to adhere to their style of art to to like make it cohesive? And is that it depends art? on the project? Um, but yeah, um, so with Rick and Morty and Invader Zim, um, you don't have to be perfectly on models if you're working on the show um, because it's not the show. But you have to, it has to look like them enough. You can't completely design them in different ways or they look more realistic or, you know, like they look however you want. Um, so you got to get close, um, it depends. With Rick and Marty's a little bit looser to some degree when I did the, because I just did covers, so um, it wasn't super strict, but I know sometimes with, other, other times it can be, depending. And then with Invader Zim, the cool thing is the original creator is still a part of it, so he has to approve everything. So that was always cool because like you go to like 80 channels, like, you know, you go to the editor, but then the editor has to go to the person Nickelodeon and the audience sent it to that guy, you know, they get, then you get the feedback, like third or fourth string down the line. But um, you have to be close with the comics, but if you ever work on the actual shows, you have to be exact. 
Um, it just depends. Um, when you're working on, like, for example, though, if you end up doing something like Batman or Superman, which I've not done, I've done other things with DC Comics. I've done the thing called Zuda, which is an online web thing they did in the early 2000s that I was in twice, and they pay you to do it. It was a contest slash pay kind of thing. Um, so I was in that with some of my own characters. But um, they, um, if you do work on the, like, the bigger characters, you have to be in the brawl part. So you can do your own style, but you can't just change the costume the way you want unless that's part of the story. Um, so you got to draw Superman the way they currently are drawing Superman, but in your own style. So there's more freedom in that than doing animation-based uh, characters because that, you know, they have to be controlled a little bit um, in how they look. You can't just completely redesign them in that way. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And just like talking about your work in general, how do you design, decide what projects to work on? Mm, wow, money. <laughs> Short answer, uh, money. Yeah, it, it's more about like right now is like what... Does it, does it work for me now with the time I have? Um, but always, even in the beginning, it was just like, I'll take what I can. That's not, uh, there were certain things I never wanted to do. So I always say like, when you get into this in the entertainment world, make sure you have a list of things you don't want to do because there are things that will take you down a path that if you're okay with it, that's fine. But if you don't want to do it, don't do it. Uh, one of the first I was ever offered was like, uh, oh, I mean, pornographic thing that somebody wanted me to draw. Wasn't my thing. Like, it's just not my thing. Like, I, I, I was like, oh, no, sir. <laughs> you know, I, I see you handing your portfolio around. Would you do this? I was like, for money? And I'm like, oh, no. But it does pay well. But I was like, no, I, I, that's just not what I want to do. I always knew I wanted to focus towards like PG-13 family oriented PG stuff. Like, I always knew that. I, I always like, I idolized like, I don't know if I like the story Star Wars and what's like the feeling of Star Wars. So like, I like how it, like everybody can watch it. And so I was just kind of like, I want that for my own stuff. So anything I work on is like something I know everybody can probably find something in it that they like. Every now and then I might skew a little bit older than younger, but in the, the day, it's always under that little realm that everybody can watch. Like the Marvel movies, you know, you, everybody watches in game. So it's one of the things where that's kind of what my goal was. So I knew that and there was other roads I didn't want to go down. Um, and so it would help me to that knock that section off. And so then, I, I mean, I want to draw, I got in want to draw superheroes and then ended up drawing cute kids with big hair. Like it just kind of naturally just transformed into that with Pac Samson's kind of, and Jeremiah's kind of like circling back to like cute kids with big hair who are also superheroes. So it's like circling back around, but for a while it was just like, I want to draw Spider-Man, Batman, and things like that for people. And then like it transformed into these are the avenues, drawing kids, doing stuff like my Alabaster Shadow is my first major graphic novel, which opened the door from other things. So it's one of those things where, you know, um, I, I look at what I want to do and how much money I need and, and want, and I just go for it. I, I mean, it's so much, man, I hate sounding like an old person, but 2000s internet and now is not the same. It's like so many job opportunities. And, and everyone's like, oh, it's hard. I'm like, my God, there's so many. I will apply for them all. Like, it's just like, and I get it. You're not going to get all of them. All you need is three. <laughs> like, and so like three of them will pay your bills for a month. And so that's kind of how my brain works. I'm like super, I like, I like to collect job opportunities like Pokemon. So like, I'm just like, I want more. I want it all. I, if I wish, I want to do it. That sounds fun. Can I design for this? I think I can do that. And so that's, I've just, luckily I've always had that drive. Like, I don't know where it comes from. I had a grandfather that made me work all the time. So maybe that's it. But um, I, I always, I just like, I, I like to work. I like to look for it. It brings me joy to draw and to create. So I keep looking. And I, I, as long as it's not beyond something too weird for me, bro, I'll probably draw. <laughs> so. That's cool. Yeah. And so, so the way I know you is through working on a project with my mom, Jeremiah Justice. And what interested you about that story? Oh, it was, it was what she was trying to do. Like, I remember meeting her at Savannah Comic Con and, um, and not being, I was like, I just couldn't do it at the time. I was so worried about it. And like, because 
it was a great idea. I love doing things to help other people and like dealing with a, a subject matter people don't deal with it, like kids, you know, special needs children with superpowers. Like, I mean, that, that's a cool thing. We need more of that. And so that was what sold it to me. I was like, oh yeah, and in in that regard, it's just more about finding time to do it in uh, in the space to do it. But um, yeah, like it was the general idea of what you want to do instantly sold me. It's just more about finding time to do it. And I'm glad because like they're like like the funnest thing for me to work on. Like I love working on ideas with Jeremiah Justice. Like with comics, I love working on comics, but like every page has like five to 10 illustrations on them. And so it's like, whoo, the planning and the stress. But with Jeremiah, it's like, it's less. It's like two or three per image. And it's like, I can just focus on that and like, like get caught up. So like, they work well, like in a yin and yang kind of thing when I'm working on a comic versus working on a children's book. Cause when I need that like uh, break from the other thing, I can like do that and then be really charged to do that. And then when I need a break from that, I can jump back to the comic. And so like the two of those, the two work really well together. Yeah, because I mean, you but you also have Pac Sampson, and how did you get started on that? Because that's something you actually created yourself. Right. Yeah. So Pax is a evolved idea of one of my first superheroes ever created. It's an old character I created called Cross. It was like loosely based on my life. Um, and it was like more of a teen drama back then because I was a teenager when I created it. So teen stuff. I'm really into Dawson's Creek back then. Um, and any to be clear, any teen show ever, currently Riverdale, whatever, I'll watch it. I'll give it a shot. Um, but um, and so it. Pax is like an evolve of that. And I wanted to bring in um, something um, when I first created, the first I started by myself and I teamed up with my friend later. So I'm going to go through the whole journey of it. Um, and it was like one of those things where I wanted like a black superhero family, um, a superhero family that weren't sidekicks in the story. As much as I like Falcon and everybody else, when it's time to fight Thanos, it was Cap, Iron Man, and Thor. And I mean, that's nice. And I love it. And that was fun to watch. But I want the, I want black characters to also be there. Because growing up as a kid, you know, you idolize who you see. And like, yeah, when I was a kid, I didn't like it. The only black people here I liked was Storm um, because in the old cartoon she won and in the old comics she won. And I was like, well, she was also a main hero. But other times, like, I don't, I can't, I'm like, I'm glad you're there. But like, I mean, you're not, if I need the world saved, I'm not calling you. So I wanted to create a family of superheroes that did that. And so uh, created it. Uh, Richard started out as a combination of what I had from my old comic and changing it to a little kid and like trying to fit in and grow up with his family of superheroes. And I focused a lot on my grandmother and my grandparents who were kind of like, you know, a big part of me enjoying this kind of thing. Um, and so my grandma kind of gave me the imagination idea. So I like always encouraged me to do comics. So I wanted a character to represent her and I want her to be the Superman of that world. So in fact, Samson, even though it's about him, learned how to fit in with his family, um, essentially, who are family of heroes. Um, she is like the matriarch and she's been doing this for a long time. And she's like the Superman of that world, super strong, super dense, super tough, and super caring at the same time. She's like all of those things. And so then I teamed up with my friend, um, Jason Reeves, and uh, he helped me like polish the script. Um, and we actually, you know, we started, we, we, we pitched it. And um, well, actually somebody was interested in it as a mini comic that we did together. And then it led this long journey of different, different hands, but eventually got through to the publisher. Started with one publisher, that company got bought out and they merged and now it's with Oni Press. And that's kind of like the shortest way I can tell that story, but like it all kind of came together um, along with that. And I got to work with some great editors along the way, Andrea Coven, and Grace, um, they're both really just great people to work with. Um, and I'll shout out to everybody only too, because James is great and everybody else has been helping promote PACS. Um, it's been a great experience, um, writing it, drawing it, writing it with a friend and, and then drawing it all, like it's all been, it's been good times. Yeah, yeah, I, I love, because um, I'm really close with my grandma, my grandma and my grandparents too. And like, I think it's really cool how like grandma is such a big central figure of the story and she's such a strong character and everyone calls her grandma, which is, is just cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, yeah I'm after grandmother. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And I guess um, just talking about like, you're doing all these things and you're like, I'm always hustling and stuff. So how do you like balance your time? <laughs> oh yeah, that's great. Um, I, I mean, for the most part, I try to, I, I clock my days, like every, every, you know, and I'm trying to do less of that now. Um, and just like have block days off of fun, but like, I, um, I'm, I, I time manage everything in my head. So going to the grocery store, how long would that take? Um, if that's going to take that hour swing sometimes, right? Hour swing at best. So when I say that, I give myself these rude rules. So it's like, okay, so this thing roughly takes an hour. It might go a little over, it might go a little, a little less. Now, when I need to draw today, I get drawn today, might take X amount of time. Um, I can push, what can I prioritize needs to be done first and what can be pushed back? So do I need to get groceries today or can I get groceries tomorrow because I need that hour to finish drawing because my imagination is going and I want an extra hour to finish it. Um, so I jump back and forth, but I time everything. Um, yeah, I time how long I watch movies, I time how long I play video games. Um, and I don't have like a watch out. Like I said, I give myself swing time. So like you can play for this two or three hours and then I'll check the watch. Okay, it's been two, three hours stop playing this and move on. Um, and then, you know, there's days, after a while you do burn out. So still there's these days where I don't do much. Um, let my hand rest is very important. Hand health is very important as an artist. Um, let your hand rest and don't do anything with it. Just watch TV, uh, watch movies, hang out with friends and family, um, that kind of thing. But for the most part, that's not most days for me. Um, I don't, luckily I've been, I guess, blessed or cursed with the ability to not, I don't sleep long, so it helps. Um, you know, six to eight hours a day is all I really need. So um, I'm, I'm always awake and I, you know, prioritize like squeezing, that, squeezing an hour or two of work here or whatever. Um, and sometimes it can be overwhelming you take on too many projects. So I, I've, I've slowed it down how much projects I take in the last few years. But um, yeah, just, just time management is really the key. Time management without being like hard on yourself. Like I wasn't like constantly like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It's more like, all right, yeah, this takes about X amount of time, so be aware of that. And with your free time, be aware of, like, when you hang out with friends, especially with students, it's always like, man, let's lost all the time. I'm like, yeah, but how long do you hang out with your friends? Well, I don't know. I'm like, well, that's where you can make some time up from. Like, yeah, hang out, but also, like, give yourself a limit. I dipped out early all the time. I was always late to show up for friend hangouts, first to leave, because I got stuff to do. It's not that I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't like anybody. He's <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I just, if I, if I hang out too long here, I'm not going to get this other work done, and I need to get that done, so. It's one of those things, and it's hard sometimes to get people to understand that they may take it personal, but it's not. Like, it's just like, I, I care about you, I love you, but I also need to make sure I get drawing done. Imagination is weird. Sometimes you don't, you can't just get started on the dime like you want. Sometimes you got to ease into it. So you need to make sure um, that you have the time blocked out to do so. Um, and that's how I juggle it. Even now, you're like, oh yeah, like, okay, yeah. <laughs> An hour, got it. Like, yeah, I was, just draw, I was working right before this. Like, all right, yeah, I got to wrap this up um, before we get started. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. It, it sounds like what it works for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's all mental chaos. I got going mental on. chaos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just some like general life questions. Um, you got married recently. How'd you meet your wife? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> um, and, um, SCAD, uh, working when I was in admissions, uh, she was also in missions and we just, just started hanging out and hit it off pretty, pretty, you know, simple story in that, in that way. <laughs> but yeah, it's better at work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, what are some things you didn't expect before getting married? Oh man. <laughs> I don't know. Like I you know, I'm weird. Like it it I, I mean it's exactly what I thought it would be, um, in that regard. I'm I, I think for myself it was more by telling myself to to spend more time with not working for me. I'm so driven and it's hard for me to turn off the work um and dedication to it or training for it or watching things, you know. 
um, to appreciate the the moments of not working. But in terms of the relationship stuff, I was always always into monogamy. I'm always into it. So it's one of those things where even if it wasn't working for me, I was always into it. So I it's what I wanted. Like I decided it was weird. I, I tell this to my friend all the time. Like I was 12 and made all these rules for what I want to do with dating. I was like 12. Like I hear what people say about dating. I don't want that. I want this, this, and this. And um, that's what I like. I'm gonna be, and I'm not gonna be like other lame dudes. I'm gonna do this and do that, and like not be a show. It's like I made all these rules for myself, and I try my best to live by those rules, even as a kid. And I obviously adapted them because I was 12 and I wrote these things down. But um, so I kind of was prepared for the the life of it. You know, um, I was I was always into it um, since for a long time. So it, it didn't. It wasn't wasn't like drawing. Whoa, well, this is different. Like it was just <laughs> spend more time and stop drawing. You know, personal things. Like I need to work on me and not like always want to work. <laughs> yeah. that's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like just like in a lot of different areas of your life, you're you're it's it's like getting really clear on what you want and out of life. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's being hard on yourself. Like I know there's like there's a there's a rough side to it. I say it with smiles, but like you have to. I'm I'm very direct. Um very direct with myself in particular. Like if, if, if I'm in class, somebody thinks I'm harder than him, I promise you I'm harder on myself. But it's just like, I don't, I like, to me, what makes me feel better about life, like once I identify what I want, is just getting to it and solving it and whatever steps I need to take to solve it, whether to improve, to change, to evolve, to solve it, versus like comfort. Like sometimes like to get to these places that I've gotten to wasn't always like somebody telling me, oh, you can do it. And that's nice, I appreciate you telling me that. But I like to have solutions. So like, okay, well, how do I solve it? Because wallowing in my sadness wallowing in my it's not fair wallowing in like I don't understand that's nice and everybody should do that like feel what you feel but you always need to make a plan to get out of it because the only way you'll feel better about it is if you're no longer in that thing that you want or that you're desiring so it's like okay what's your plan to get out of it I know that might change from whatever you are stage of life but like make sure you make a some kind of plan to get out of it because you can't just match you think it's going to solve itself um, or expect somebody else to solve it for you you need to do whatever you do to get there. And that's a, that's the part we got to be hard on yourself. So all my stuff with my scheduling and work, I still make sure that I'm like, man, you got to do it because you want this. You don't have this. You want it. It's going to make you happy when you get it. So like, what can you do to do it versus just pointing out that it's not fair versus just letting the, the you know, venting part out. That's great. But like go to the next stage. So it takes a lot of focus. And like I said, mental thing. And I don't expect anybody to be just like me. I say, Taylor, make it for you. But just make sure that you figure it out because you're going to just stay in that rut and that circle and you're just going to be upset again. And it's like, why is I'm so upset? Because you're not really making decisions to get out of it. So like, get out of it. Yes, it might be hard. It might be ugly. Like coming up to Savannah, you know, from her, after Hurricane Katrina was a major restart for me. Like I, I, I was in a previous relationship that was going pretty much about to end and like a lot of things going on. I was in a hurricane and just like, I'm going to just start over in Savannah. And that was a big, you know, big jump um but it worked out and i'm not saying i took a lot i didn't take a lucky jump it was well planned i had make sure i had finances together um but it's one of those things where you want to make sure that you uh go for the things you want because i was trying to do other things like graphic design painting things like that and i did a little bit but i wasn't super into it it wasn't really working out and like well you love comics but everybody's like comics can't make you money and i was like well i don't know and so like the hurricane Katrina happened i was like well just go for it and whatever how hard you got to work and whatever you got to do let's spend those two years learning like i didn't you know, take another job, I borrowed money, so I didn't have to take another job, and I was like, I just focused on art for two years, and like, that was very, very important, and I knew the risk, like, I'm not saying, like, people make these decisions times with borrowing money, and like, not knowing the risk, I'm like, no, no, be responsible, blame no one but yourself, so if something goes bad, it's still your fault, 
So it's like I accepted that and I jumped in. I was like, I accept that if this goes bad, it's on me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna motivate, hope that it motivates me to work harder so it doesn't. Um, and it was a good decision. Um, and I'm still like that in different ways now. It's like no matter what I want, I'm like, okay, but let's plan for it, let's go for it. Because just saying it all the time doesn't make it happen. Um, dreaming is great, but you also have to dream with an action. Action plan to dream, because if not, you're just gonna be dreaming and you're, and then you're gonna get upset. So push past that and sometimes it's ugly and I hate to tell that to people, but it will not always be pretty. But um, if you keep working towards it, it'll work out. Yeah, I think sometimes it's interesting because like, I feel like I have a lot of like things that sound cool to do and like, oh yeah, that sounds like really cool to do. And then like, but then I'm like, wait, what is actually my dream? Like, what do I actually want? And I'm still working on that. I don't really know what my dream is. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> like trying to figure it out. Cause it's like, yeah, like the, I, I realized through experience that just like jumping into all sorts of random stuff that like yeah maybe is building me certain skills and i don't regret doing that but at the same time is it actually working towards that ultimate dream so it's yeah I like no, that it's dream a, with an action yeah it's a lot of you know like i said like never be hard on yourself too hard never be yourself because that doesn't do well either but it is a lot of like planning and looking at yourself a lot and seeing what am i actually doing <laughs> like, how do i write is that right yes self-reflection like is this is my on the right track <laughs> yeah exactly like it's fine like I mean, if you aren't change it you know like that's the cool thing change it <laughs> i think that's really important too like because not to go on too much of a tangent, but I've been talking to people about like getting PhDs and then like a lot of advice that people who are like, who are done get with their PhD are like, it's okay to quit. Like, that's the thing that people don't tell you. It's like, it's okay to quit doing yeah. it if you realize you got into it and it's not for you. And so I think that's like, I don't, I, that's just one example, but I think that's like, like you said, it's okay to quit if, if that's like what you- Yeah, doing. yeah, like with graphic design, it just wasn't for me. Like forcing myself to do that was not have made me a happy person. So it's like, you know, yeah, I get it. I went to school for <laughs> undergrad for most of it. And yeah, I get it and the investment, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, but I'll be miserable and it's not gonna work. So I, the whole, all that was for me to learn that I can't do this or I'm not, I'm not that's not really my focus and that's okay. And, no, and I know people are like, but, 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 yeah, but you learned it. So like, move on, man. Like, don't be yourself about it. Like you, 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 instead of being miserable about it and feeling all these ways, I'm done with that. It didn't work out. It sucks. I spent money on it, whatever, but then move on. Like, but now I'm doing this and that's okay. Like, as long as you're allowed to do something, do it. Like, you know, start over every day. You can start over. <laughs> yeah. And graphic design has to come in handy in illustration in a oh, lot of ways. Yeah, I mean, sure. yeah, it still comes in handy. It still serves me. So it wasn't yeah. complete ways. Like it, it wasn't, but it's definitely not what I want to do every day. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And so kind of talking about like, I guess what um, inspires you, you kind of talked about it before, but when you mentioned anime and toys, so let's, let's just talk about that stuff. So what, what got you into anime? Um, man, man, that's good. I got, I love talking about old anime because you, these young anime people just don't know how hard it was in the nineties to get anime. So in the early nineties, like there was no nothing, no internet yeah. before Suncoast video. They're like, what about Suncoast? Like, well, before Suncoast, cause I'm old. So before Suncoast video, so what you would do to get animated is like there was this, this weird network of VHS cassette tapes that were re-recorded over and over on eight-hour VHS cassette tapes that would just circle the world, like circle the country. And like, and then this guy at school, this awesome dude, dude that I hung out with in, in high school, they're like, dude, I got all these anime, like Japanese animation. You ever seen this? Like, one late night on TBS, they played Vampire Hunter D. And I'm like, what is this? And then Sci-Fi Channel played like Akira one day. And I was like, what is this? And it's like, Japanese animation, I gotta find more of it. And with my friends, like, dude, like, I have these VHS case that I got from some guy that got from some other guys and we recorded over and over on, watch it. And I was like, yes. And so that's why I started watching Evangelion. And then, like, in a bunch of other things, like, it was always a mix. And sometimes the tapes were bad because they've been re recorded over, over and over again. So they'd give out. I watched Dragon Ball in pieces at first. 
Um, and then, you know, it just kept growing. Um, I wrote my, my actual, my, my high school uh, thesis paper was on like the growth of anime and how big it's going to be. So when Pokemon hit the airwaves, I was like, that's it. <laughs> Guys, don't know, Japanese don't take, take over. Japanese don't take over. Um, and then it, I was interested to watch it happen. Then you had some close video, it made it a lot easier to get stuff. You know, the VHS case was super expensive back then. But um, so what got me into it though, the reason why I like anime stories in general is because of storytelling. I'm addicted to storytelling. So my first taste of that was Japanese video games. So I played Final Fantasy III for Super Nintendo. And I was like, and it was actually Final Fantasy VI in hindsight. But that story was told so differently than like playing Super Mario. I love Super Mario for what it is. But I'm like, I'm like, this is like crazy. This is like a deep movie. And I was like, I want more of this. And so I thought when I heard that there was anime, like Japanese animation, I'm like, I just like that. I like the depth sometimes. And that that's and I, you know, of course it's just a it's a type of thing. So there's all kinds of genres and age groups. But that's what really got me into how they tell the stories. Um, I'm just a big fan of it. I love the action. Nobody does action better than anime. And now at this point, everybody in America is influenced by it. So whatever. So it's like, I'm like, no, no, it's not an action to watch it. Like, come on, man, the fight scenes are just better. Um, and so I, I just started like really delving in. That's when I first got into it. So a fight scene. Then when I watched Evangelion for the first time, like psychological trauma of all that, I was like, oh, this is dark, this is messed up. But it's also fight scenes. And it was like, it was just like, it was just so like interesting and compelling to me. And I'm always into that, like the design sense, the the way the stories are told. Um, I'm, I, yeah, um, and I like all of like. I mean, I just finished watching. I was watching actually Penguin Highway. I recorded as I was drawing because um, I just like the colors being used in some of like two hour movies where I like, spend a lot of time working on them and like they're beautiful. It's about these little kids and some girl can make penguins out of coke cans. I don't know, it's silly, but it was fun to watch. And then it got dark towards it, and so another thing about like anime is like, and it all of a sudden has this cool twist. It was like actually this was a lot deeper than you thought like i was like oh well that's cool and you don't like shy away from kids dealing with issues i do a lot of kids obviously a lot of kids literature and they don't shy away from kids dealing with real things even when it's made for kids or even when it's a little bit older they're not shying away from like that going uh, a path that a lot of american cartoons wouldn't go door for it's like oh no we wouldn't do that in the ninja turtles cartoon so it's like the old one from the 80s but i'm like i like that because I, I as a kid watching um like transformers right and G.I. Joe, which I grew up with, or more so Transformers, because G.I. Joe had some dark episodes in hindsight, but like watching Transformers, like, well, nothing happens. Like, I mean, even though that was Japanese animated on some level, like it wasn't the same, like they were so safe. And I was like, nobody dies. And I know as a kid, like people die. And like, and I'm not saying you gotta see gore to that to happen, but nobody died. And then they make Transformers a movie, which was definitely Japanese animated and Optimus Prime died in it. And I was like, whoa, what? And that kind of like led me like, like actions have consequences. And I think when people make kid literature um, they try to shy away from it because they want to scare kids from the dark side of things. But what I like from anime and a lot of the anime, and I'm not saying American cartoons don't do that on some level, like Avatar and uh, some of the other ones, Airbender Avatar. Um, it's just that it's, or Gargoyles, that old show Gargoyles. Um, but like, which also had a lot of Japanese animation on it. But anyway, um, it's one of those things where I like that action can have possibility even for children. And that it's important for kids to know, like I said, I like knowing what the world was like, realistically. Like when I was a little kid, one of my favorite stories my mom was told me when I was a kid, they want to throw me a birthday party at six. And I was like, we're gonna, throw like, we're gonna rent out a McDonald's. We're gonna have a birthday party for you. And I was like, rent out a McDonald's? How much does that cost? And they're like, X amount of dollars. And I'm like, well, what I could do with that money is buy 10 GI Joes, like 20 GI Joes. Why spend all that money for an hour when I can have these toys forever? And that's just how I am. Like, it's just kind of like, I like getting to the real of a thing. And I was just always like that. And I'm like, no, I don't want somebody to lie to me about the world, even as a kid. So when I do my own stories and especially when I'm writing, like, I want those elements. Like, yeah, there are dangers, there are consequences to your actions. But I don't want to go to full nine and have heads being chopped off and things like that or some really dark, super, you know, psychological trauma. 
Um, but you want to, you know, learn that. And anime had a lot of a lot of that. The fun, the dark sides of it, the games, like it's just all of that's there. Um, and I, I can't get enough. Also, cool fight scenes, which I can't, you know, it can always win me over. <laughs> cool fight scenes always win me <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah, and one thing about anime and anime discussions is like anime have a lot of different tropes to them. And so, sure. which ones do you, you appreciate, and which ones? Oh, good. You? Yeah, you know, like yeah, anime does have a lot of negative tropes too, and are good tropes as well. Um, I'm the <laughs> Okay, the white-haired emo boy kid, sign me up. The white-haired kid, Inuyasha, Shoshomaru in particular, like, sign me up. Uh, Sephiroth, um, Cloud's blind, but he's almost one of those characters. The big sword um, thing, um, I'm a fan of that. I love Shonen stuff, um, but I also like Sailor Moon a lot. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm always watching Sailor Moon, making my way through it. The original series, uh, the anime. Um, so those are the, the tropes I'm the biggest fan of, the, the dark-haired, uh, white-haired, sad boy. Uh, um, it's, I can't get enough. I mean, I, it's bad. It's just, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, the Sasuke's, all the Sasuke's. Like, <laughs> Sasuke's from Naruto. It's like, oh, my God, you're so emo. Why? <laughs> but I, I, I still, you know, I, I, I still get a kick out of it. Um, but I, I would say, you know, like people say about anime, oh, also on the flip side, characters like Goku, who's like one of my favorite, if not one of my all-time favorite characters of all time. Um, and I would say that I don't want, I, I, you know, I, I get fandom. Fandom sometimes, like, okay, so tropes are not always bad. Like, and everybody has them. So, like, people talk about anime, especially people new, they're always like, I don't watch that because of X trope. I'm like, well, so does every genre you could ever think yeah. of has tropes. Uh, I mean, I can go into literature, too. Like, all the writing from the twins, the Great Gatsby guys, the Lost Generation, like, they had tropes. They had it. Was it a was it, it was him and Ray write it? It was depressing. There were tropes. It was a relationship that went bad and something traumatic happened. And so like it's like they they all do. So like that doesn't have a trope. Doesn't have, I think anime sometimes and in, in comics always get like these kind of like unfair like things like well it's just this trope. I'm like you mean a description of the genre because a lot of people a lot of genres have things. So it's more about how somebody takes that and how they use it to me determines how well it is and how bad it is because there's always bad examples. But it's not just that one genre. There's no hierarchy of genres to me, and I hate when people do that. It's just like, no, 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 I can, I can crap on every favorite movie of everybody ever thought that that's a good. I can use the same rules you use on X thing, apply it to that, and find flaws. So it's like, don't like do that. Like, look at the thing for what it is and judge it for that versus like the genre itself has too many negatives. And I'm not saying you were saying that, but I know people say that. So since I'm on this thing, I want to say it. Like, oh, no, 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 no. Everybody's got tropes. They make a billion sad dramas a year. Believe me, I watch a lot of them. So it's just like, don't, they have tropes too. So it's not just anime, but yeah, for me, so the white haired character who's sad about something or, or the dark haired character like Sasuke who's sad about something, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't get enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I guess I, I, I don't follow fandom too, too much. So I'm like, eh, like, I just kind of like what I like. Cause I, I get, I get kind of frustrated at the point where it's like, ah, you have to watch this. Or you like, oh, you're not right, a real right, yeah. fan if you haven't seen this thing. And I'm like, yeah, I right. don't know. I just come, I just watch what comes on my path. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, but like, I get it. I think like the more, I think what I appreciate about anime choice is like the more I watch them, the more I start seeing them. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's, this is, yeah. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Familiarity. Some tropes need to go. You know, some need to go. They're not always the best, especially like how some female characters are drawn and, and portrayed. Like with some anime, like yeah, no, that, that's got to go. But once again, I feel like that's a lot of the things that everybody else got to work on too. So oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a universal problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, universal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so. Um, yeah, so you, so you have some toys in your background right there, and you you're saying you you collect them like you have a bunch off screen. So like, I guess what is like, how do you choose them? And um, oh yeah, it's yeah. 
it's it's about like just kind of like like the characters I like the most and having a, a representation of them and just making them go on adventures in my mind. Like I pose them, you know, I'm not the toy collector who keeps the boxes open closed. Like I definitely will open them and pose them still. Um, it helps me with my imagination. Like it always has. Like it just helps me get going, posing them and looking at them. Like, oh, that looks cool, and that makes me want to draw um, and just see it. Like I like always looking around and seeing cool designs, and you know, always keeps me going, keeps me inspired by the. And it's and I always put characters I like. So obviously, it's characters that I feel like. What I like about the fiction I like the most. So I don't buy action figures of like or statues of like I don't know um, some real like Blue Valentine's movie with Ryan Gosling. I don't have a poster of that. I like that movie, but that doesn't make me want to get up and save the world or feel better about my day, right? Like, but I like these heroes and these characters who, like, despite the odds, always like stand up to adversity and however that is to them, whether no matter who they are, they stand up to adversity, and I like that. And for me, that that means to me is like I like surrounding myself with images of that. That's like always reminding me that you can stand up to it, um, and that when life is depressing for you um, or hard for you, you know, look, you know, look to your. And I'm not saying like do what they do; they were all fictional, so don't do that. But it's more about this idea that the, the concept that you can defeat those things, like the idea that those things can be subdued. Um, that's what draws me to it. And so I have all my. I, I got to get one of all my favorite characters. So, and then in my favorite of favorite, I have like seven, you know, or ten. So like I have like a billion Superman, I have a billion Goku, I have a billion Storms. Uh, I have a good bit of Sailor Moons, um, you know, um, like in Shearer now and He Man. But those are the ones that really, in Spider Man, those are the heroes that really inspire me. But I try to get one of everything. So if I watch a movie I like, like I watched um, like Utopia the other day, like I gotta give, I don't have, well, I'll take that back. I do have both of them in some form or fashion. So I gotta give one little example of that. So I can, like, oh yeah, I like that movie. And that made me feel good. And so I have it, <laughs> that kind of thing. Uh, that's cool. I like I like that. I like having them as they're as inspiring and and to kick and kickstart your imagination as well. Yeah, I make them fight. So as a flip side, I take toy photos of them fighting. To go to my Instagram, look, scroll enough, you will see that I make them fight each other. Characters would never meet. <laughs> so it's like, man, it'd be fun if uh, you know Goku fought you know Superman. That'd be fun for me. I'm gonna do a bunch of photos about that. So I take a bunch of toy photos of them of them fighting each other and learning how to. That's like my new leisure time because comics at one point drawing was my leisure time, but then like now it's become my job. So my now my new leisure is actually like taking photos of toys. And like that's what it's become and collecting them is like my actual leisure. Where it's still similar to what I'm doing, but not like I have to like make it right. I can do whatever I want. It could be ugly. I'm not judging it. <laughs> it just is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. My brother and I, when we were kids, I used to make him um, play Super Smash Bros with me from like a storytelling perspective. So like I would like make up story, like we'd make up stories with the characters. So like I'd put Peach and Marth together because I thought Marth was way hotter than Mario. <laughs> 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 then we just make up all these stories with Super Smash Bros. characters. So yeah. Nice. I like really it. Cool. That's awesome. That's actually a good idea. I'm gonna mark that down. That's great. <laughs> Let's ship everybody together. I'm a fan. Uh-huh. I know that's what I do. I'm like, oh, let me ship these characters. I think they make <laughs> Well, this has been really great, Rashad. Thanks so much for coming on my show. And no um, where can people um like what's your Instagram or is that where you Oh yeah, uh, I'm Rashad.Duset on Instagram. Um, that's the main thing. Um, I do have an R station. You can look up my name, Rashad Duset, and you can find me pretty much anywhere. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much. All right. Have a good one. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, you too. <laughs> thanks for watching. Be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss a single show. Interested in being on the show? Know someone that might be a good fit? Use the nomination form in the description.